Hey, friend, thanks for listening to the Compared to Who show. Heather Creekmore here. I'm glad you're here for another one of our intuitive eating coaching calls. This is where I sit with my friends, Aaron Todd and Charlie Kessel, and they guide me on my journey to intuitive eating. So yes, I've been a body image expert for a number of years, but food has been a weird part of that journey for me. And I've just learned about intuitive eating over the last year or so. And Erin and Shar help me as I try to navigate it. Today, we go someplace a little strange. <laughs> we go to my thought life. How Intuitive eating makes it difficult sometimes for me not to want to try to prove to other people that I'm still healthy or that I still care or that I haven't given up. Because sometimes with an intuitive eating journey comes a little bit of a size change or maybe a lot of a size change, a little bit of a shape change. And it's really difficult to be around other people that are still really tied into diet culture, still on the track of trying to restrict to lose weight or over-exercise to lose weight, who are uber-focused on their bodies. It's hard to be around these people, and it's hard to wonder what they're thinking of me if they're thinking I've just given up. (laughs) So that's where we go today. I think you're really going to enjoy today's show. If you do, tell a friend about it. Share it with a friend. That's one of the nicest things you can do. Or hey, leave a review. That's always good too. Have you subscribed to the show yet? That's the best way not to miss an episode. Okay, without further ado, here's today's coaching episode with Aaron Todd and Charlie Castle. Welcome to Compared to Who, the podcast to help you make peace with your body so you can savor God's rest and feel his love. If you're tired of fighting body image the world's way, Compared to Who is the show for you. You've likely heard lots of talk about loving your body, but my goal is different. Striving to fall in love with stretch marks and cellulite is a little silly to me. Instead, I want to encourage you and remind you with the truth of scripture that you are seen, you are known, and you are loved no matter what your size or shape. Here the pressure is off. If you're looking for real talk, biblical encouragement, and regular reminders that God loves you and you're not alone, you've come to the right place. I hope you enjoy today's show and hey, tell a friend about it. Hey there, Aaron and Shar. Thanks for coming back and coaching me again today. I'm coming to you with an issue that I probably should have worked through now since I've been coaching so many people and writing books on this. But I tell you guys, it's hard when I feel like people think I'm not healthy anymore. Mm. Have you guys ever experienced that where people think you've given up because <laughs> they see you eating yeah. like yeah. carbs? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, you don't care about your health or you don't know about healthy things. Yeah. And I feel like I need a t-shirt that says I care about my health and I know about healthy things, but I'm still eating this. I don't, it's hard. And I'm still eating this. <laughs> Not <laughs> but. but. Oh yeah. <laughs> so nuanced I like there. I like that. Um, oh, I definitely have experienced this and I will say like my identity was the healthy fit girl. Yeah. So losing that identity was very difficult. 
um, especially before, like, you know, then my identity in Christ became strong and that really helped me. Um, but there's also the piece of like, I'm a dietitian. Mm-hmm. and you know so that's like this added pressure to like care about my health and like know what I'm doing um and so especially in groups of healthcare professionals that don't necessarily know me um you know sometimes I want to defend a little bit mm-hmm. like yes I do care about health and I know a lot about nutrition and I'm still eating this or and I'm still in this size body um so I definitely hear you there and also I want to dig into like the heart issue behind why do we care yeah I think that just came up for me as I'm hearing you talk I'm like I like Heather you know this like like, you would talk to me through this is shame this is totally shame and I have like been with four clients this week where we've had this conversation where it's like, we think that having more pride in something will help us get out of the shame, but pride never covers shame. Only Jesus covers shame, but it is totally the shame and it's totally being uncomfortable. So I had, I had a situation recently where a friend of mine was given medical advice that just shocked me. Like I've, I've been in your world long enough now to know that this happens and to hear the stories of the doctors prescribing super low calorie diets. And so I was able to quickly respond with like, Oh no, like, don't do that. Like, that's not enough. My friend Charlie says 1500 calories is enough for a toddler. <laughs> so I, you know, I'm able to <laughs> able to jump in there, but then there's this added element of another friend is the quote unquote healthy fit girl. Mm-hmm. And so she's going to the healthy fit girl for advice and the healthy fit girl's advice is more aligned with diet culture. And I'm like, Oh no. And, and that, so, but then this is where it flares, right? Because I'm like, Oh no, she doesn't see me as the healthy fit girl anymore. Oh no. She doesn't think I have anything to say on this. And it's totally my pride, right? It's totally my pride. Like, Oh, I should be able to speak into this more. Um, and then my shame of, Oh no, she doesn't, she looks at me and she thinks, well, Heather's got her own <laughs> set of body problems. I don't know, guys. It's just blah. That's that's my explosion in my head coming out. <laughs> There's definitely two issues here that I'm seeing. Like caring about what people think mm-hmm. is one of them. And then like what we have determined to be health mm-hmm. is the other one. Because yeah. even if everybody was in the same agreement on what we, how we're going to define health, worrying about what other people think about that, even if you're agreeing on it, it's still a thing. Like, and that's a people-pleasing-y I'm getting my identity from um, others approval of me rather than God's words about me kind of thing. So like, that's its own little thing. But I think because of the egregious statements of doctors and quote, healthy fit girls, um, having been one of those, and I can see it now as the blind leading the blind. And I, like, I had to repent over that and apologize to people um, for sure. Like that is that is a bad situation. So um, I just feel like we need to be praying over that. 
but oh my goodness, even if we could agree with the doctor that yes, a significant amount of weight loss is a good thing. And I'm not saying I agree with that, but even if we could agree that that was good and a desired outcome, dieting would not be the way to get there. Yeah. It's not going to do what you're saying needs to be done. It's going to make you gain weight in the long term. So right. it's just this whole, this whole concept of, um, why are you going to take a prescription that is going to fail you? Yeah. And it's being given by a doctor, treat it like a prescription. And that's why I get so mad at doctors. I mean, I'm not a medical professional at all, but, um, I can't, I just can't as a professional, like, you know, I'm an attorney. So it's like, you have a standard of care with people and it matters what you say to people and you're giving out non-evidence-based information. You're treating weight loss like a prescription. So if you're going to treat weight loss, like a prescription, let it meet the standards of prescription drugs. Yeah. And guess what? It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. 95% failure rate is not getting past the FDA. Right. So why are like, if you're going to, if we're going to pretend like it's evidence-based then treat it like it's evidence-based. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, speaking of evidence-based stuff, um, so you guys know, I'm writing a new book on body image. It's a workbook. And I took some of my writing to a little writer's group I'm in and a friend gave me a hot tip and I researched this hot tip. You guys, the diet of sumo wrestlers, amazing stuff there. Okay. So sumo wrestlers do not have a body type that is enviable in American diet culture, right? Okay. And they do consume a lot of calories, but they consume a lot of healthy calories. They eat like really good, high quality food. These guys are elite athletes and they have great blood work. Like they don't have cholesterol issues. They, I mean, they are healthy guys, but her hot tip to me was you want the body of a sumo wrestler. They skip breakfast. They only eat two meals a day and they take a nap after each one. And that's how they maintain their weight. And I was like, oh my word. So intermittent fasting is the secret of sumo wrestlers. Like I, that's gonna, this show is not for medical advice, <laughs> put that disclaimer in there, but holy cow, like that was, I, I thought that was really informative oh, wow. and someone has their jaw on the ground right now as they're listening to this, but, but yeah, it, it's, it's so it's frustrating because this stuff is so widely accepted and believed. And then I feel frustrated because I'm like, Ooh, I like, I have some secret, but then it's right back to where I was in diet culture, right? Where I'm judging others thinking, well, I know the secret. You shouldn't eat dairy, <laughs> right? Or I know the secret you're, you know, like all of your, well, even like the kids stuff, right? Like I've been listening to more, um, more information, more podcasts around like kids and nutrition and mm -hmm. how like that's been the go-to thing. Like we'll just fix all of our kids' problems by cutting out gluten and dairy and like what that actually can do to the kid and how harmful that can be. And I'm like, oh, I was guilty there too. Like I was the one like watching the parents struggle with the kid issues thinking, oh, if you just cut out gluten, maybe you'd be better. But oh, it's it's messy. It's yicky. It's pride and shame. Yeah, I, I have had this experience, Heather, of like, in a small group, 
someone is now talking about very diet culture things that I know are causing harm to people in that small group. Um, oh my gosh, like I, you know, people in that small group that are clients of mine that I know have severe eating disorders. And now we're recommending a very restricted dieting plan. And like, and also like, you know what I do for a living. And so now I feel like this is really disrespectful or like, you don't take me seriously right. or you don't yeah. look at me as a professional in this area. You don't listen to my podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. So, like very, very layered. Like what's going on for you right now is very, very layered. Um, and so I think that you're absolutely, I think you're absolutely right, Aaron. And I was like, praise God, Aaron was on this call because we needed everything that you just said in remembering that like, this is a two different issues. Like these are different issues here. Like there's the issue of we're caring what other people think of us. We're having like some pride and identity things that we need to work out with the Lord. And then there's also this area of like, as a professional and as like what we know about nutrition, maybe letting go of the pride of like, I'm right here and you're doing it wrong. Um, but I guess for me, as I was like, I feel like this is harm being caused in a group that is supported, promoted by the church mm -hmm. with like influential leaders in it. And I feel like I need to say something. Um, and so like I sat down with the leader of that group and just said, hey, when this happened and this conversation happened, you know, I know we may not be aware of how that could impact people, but if someone with an eating disorder was sitting at that table, this is how that might impact mm -hmm. them, could be really harmful for people. I guess like having a super grace forward conversation that isn't, I'm right and I know everything but that is simply like, Hey, this is my experience and like some knowledge I have. And like, how can we best support the people in this group? Mm -hmm. I have had the experience definitely of, um, close friends or people where doctors are recommending weight loss for whatever health reason. Mm -hmm. Um, and I have kind of found that I, I have a couple like, um, peer reviewed articles that just talk about the need for a paradigm shift away from that weight focused. And I can kind of share that and just share my experience. I think that's often the strongest thing you can do, my experience. Um, and, you know, I just wanted you to know that like, there are some other thought, there are some other ways of thought on this topic. And like, if you want to talk about it more, I would talk about that with you. I was suffering from some incontinence and that it was affecting my career. I couldn't believe that at 43, I was entering a phase where I was going to potentially not have control of it any longer. It's not something that is easy to approach and everything sounds like it's just a quick fix, but this was a program with scientific background and being an engineer, I felt like it was something that I could trust and it's proven to be worth it. 
Hey friend, that's just one of the amazing testimonies from women who have used the Titan Your Tinkler program to help regain control of their pelvic floor muscles. If you resonated with anything in her testimony, or if you're struggling with incontinence of any kind, or maybe other related issues, I encourage you to go over to TitanYourTinkler.com, take their five-minute quiz, see if this is something that might be right for you. And if you feel like it is, I'm offering my listeners a special $50 off the Tighten Your Tinkler Signature Program. Just enter HEATHER in all caps at checkout and you can be on your way to improved pelvic floor health. It's hard to say to someone, your doctor's wrong. Yeah. And, you know? Yes. And, and it's like, oh, and where's your medical degree from? Yes. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's think about how that would feel as her, like she's trying to do what her doctor has told her it's also like what the whole culture says. And you're coming at her, like right. totally counterculture. Like that is just a tricky thing to navigate. Once you see diet culture and you shared a little bit about this before Shar, just with, you know, family members and stuff, but but it is, it's so in, in our just broader culture of my truth, your truth, mm. his truth, her truth. It is, it's really hard to navigate. Like, I believe this is true. I know this is true. I see this data that says this is true. And yet you can kind of say the same thing right back to me. You mm -hmm. believe what you're doing is true. You've seen this data that is true. And, you know, it, and it's, it's a messy argument, if you will. And I, you know, I've been in Romans, I think it's 14 about, you know, Paul talking about don't like be squabbling over food and drink issues and stuff. And, and it's like, yeah, how do you, it's like trying to, it, it there's, there's a double layer motive, like you said right? It's the, the, there's part of my motive is I really don't want you to think I'm unhealthy. And I want you to see that I have a good reason for doing this. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. And then part mm -hmm. of my motive is broader. Like, no, I really like, like that. There's some bad advice out there and, you know, come to my data, <laughs> see things my way. Um, yeah. but it's hard to do that in a loving, not that I would ever intentionally be unloving or ungrace filled, but there's, you know, there's real issues that people have been told can be fixed through weight loss mm -hmm. and to take away their last hope that that just seems mean. Yeah. And so, you know what, it's, it's often about planting the seed. They might not be ready to hear what you're talking about right now, but if you can really lovingly and grace field plant a seed for them that says give them the feeling that when this is so hard and awful and they have experienced what all three of us have experienced trying to diet when they are like in the dark hole trust that holy spirit will bring to their mind when heather said there might be another way. Yeah. You might not have to do this. First Corinthians 3, 6. I planted, Apollos watered, but God was causing the growth. Yeah. 
And it really goes back to what I write about every single time, which is what do you really believe is going to save you? Right. And then kind of what we talked about last month, believing that optimal health or optimal wellness, well, you know, that we can actually control ourselves into a place where we can have that, right? Like, oh God, thanks. Thanks for taking care of my body, but I got this part because <laughs> I'm just going to do all these things, you know, and then anecdotally seeing that that doesn't work, right? Like I know thin women that have had multiple hip replacements. I know, you know, I know thin women that have osteoporosis and diabetes and like, it's not, there's not a sure thing based on weight, but boy, it's hard not to believe that with what culture tells us. Right. Yeah. We're not in control. Yeah. I just, I like Heather, I just, I am constantly, constantly, constantly praying like, God, don't let me make this about me. Like, it's not, it's not about you and you being the expert. It's not about you being the healthy one. It's not like none of that. Like just show her Jesus, Heather. Yeah. Ultimately, that's the only way we win people. Yeah. Erin, what are you thinking? Yeah, I, I totally um, have to constantly remind myself of that as well. Even in this work, it's like. I am so prone to put myself in the middle of everybody's story and look at it from that angle. That is just kind of um, part of the mm, undoing of my will that is just like unraveling all the diet culture, getting all the bits and stuff out for me. Even when I can do that with food and body, we get into a situation like this where it's like, oh, but it's still my pride. That part is still in there. It's probably going to be a lifelong um, search for humility, but if we're operating from how can I show her Jesus, how can I make this not about me and just, just get this, you know, perspective shift that requires constant reminders and attention to being God centered and other centered rather than self-centered. Like that's your starting point. Nothing you say to them about health or approval or weight or anything matters. If you're talking from a self-certain point of view, nothing you say from that place will ever have value. I will ever be blessed. God can certainly use it, but like, that's not where you want to speak from. Well, I'm just thinking that this is actually the solution to everyone's body image issues. Humility, humility. Yeah. Right. It is right. If I can get to the place where I am. And I like to say this all the time, you know, like to be content with second place, right. To drop out of the competition. But if I can get to the place where I am genuinely happy to just show up and show you Jesus, and I don't care whether or not you think I'm dressed cute or thin enough or healthy enough, or if I can, and, and maybe don't care, maybe that's, that's wrong. Cause that sounds like apathy. And I don't, I don't think that's actually what I'm advocating for, but that I care more Mm-hmm. about you seeing Jesus in me, then I care about you thinking that I am healthy and, you know, I exercise correctly or what, whatever the deal may be, Yeah. but that's hard. Oh yeah. And especially, I mean, I haven't really gone to the whole, like talking about the thin privilege thing, but that's, that's especially hard for people in bigger bodies. Absolutely. That's, that's a real struggle. Like to to try to, you know, like can't 
put your blood work numbers on your arm as a tattoo. No, see, really, I'm healthy. Like that's that's really hard and requires so much, so much grace and humility. Mm-hmm. And and I I hate the fact that the influence of diet culture in the church. I know this is your like you're gonna. Shar doesn't even need to be here anymore. <laughs> this is you're going to start dominating when I say diet culture in the church. Um, but but the, the the diet culture influence in the church has taken it to a place where I think we have deceived ourselves into believing we are discipling others well through showing them how to get thin mm. instead yeah. of instead of showing them how to love well and how to work through the mess in their hearts. I don't know. You know, it's, it's the whole reason, like you want to be seen as the healthy one because culturally like health, being a healthy person means you are a good person. Like that is something that the church has tangled up, um, with like, what does health even mean? What is it for? It's, it's a status thing. You're, you're doing a good job. You're a good person. It's very, um, it's very works based and it's very, uh, <clears throat> prosperity gospel-y, you know, if you do do it the world's way, you're gonna, you're gonna win and get this body and have a prosperous physical health. And it's like, God does not promise us physical health. He doesn't promise us a certain body size. Like that's irrelevant. Yeah. It's just not part of what we're here for. We're here to be in a relationship with him. And of course that relationship happens in our bodies. We're in our bodies, but like, it's not um, like the moral obligation that culture and the church puts on body size of like, this is a barometer of your worthiness. This is like how we tell if you're one of the good ones or not, it's got to stop. It is not biblical and it is dangerous. Like this whole weight centered paradigm definition of health. Um, it's mutually exclusive with eating disorder treatment. Mm -hmm. Like you can't, like you can't be caring for people or preventing eating disorders. The next generation is going to be in big trouble. If we have another generation of kids grow up in church, thinking that healthy looks a certain way, healthy does not look a certain way. Yeah. And like, if you can't like the, it's the Shars point on like not doing harm. Mm-hmm. Like we can't do harm to the people who have eating disorders. And the fact that we could be sitting in a small group of women and think that not like, I guarantee you there's more than a few like mm-hmm. disordered eating and these dis- eating disorders and disordered eating, like both things anywhere on the spectrum of disordered eating, like that is happening in the church. So by ignoring that and plowing forward with a weight centered definition of health is hurting those people. You are hurting people in your church community are hurting the body of Christ by treating health as if it's the world's version of health instead of God's version of health. It can't, it can't continue. I don't know how this is going to change, but I know it's going to, God's been working on it for a while. He's going to keep working on it, but, um, change is slow here. Uh, it takes a lot to get a big shift like that. I mean, weight centered health has been the paradigm for a really long time. And it's going to take, um, it's going to take a lot of energy and intention to move it off of that center and get it to be, I mean, it should be a gospel centered paradigm. 
We should be yeah. looking to Jesus yeah. as our center. Well, yeah. Cause I mean, the question is who says, who says that body size is correct? Who says that body weight is right? You know, but then I think, I think as Christians, we move, we move to like, well, you know, like God did give us brains and the ability to figure things out scientifically and right. So science isn't in opposition to God's word, no, but yet, no. but we take this one very specific point from science without looking, you know, like just thinking about the BMI stuff in particular, like just the ridiculousness behind that, that most people don't know. And most doctors don't acknowledge. And so we take that BMI thing as like the gold standard as this is truth. And then it's like, well, because this is medical truth, like that somehow is okay to weave into, <laughs> weave into Christian truth or something. I don't, I don't even know, but it is just so awkward if you just stand back and say, wait, who says? Like who says that bodies have to be that size? And then you get into the whole like gluttony mess. Well, like, well, they're not that size. It's gluttony. And I know firsthand, um, you know, that there's a lot of women in a larger body that are barely eating with eating yeah. disorders and they're not gluttonous, not, not according to that definition of gluttony right. for sure. And that, yeah, it's just a big mess, but well, Aaron, thanks for Char. Thanks for, um, helping navigate this today. I think, I don't know, what would you say the main takeaway is? Erin, I'll just, I'll point to you. What's the main takeaway for someone listening today? And maybe they are the person that got the medical advice or they're the person that's a friend, kind of like me of the person who got the medical advice. Like what's, what's one way we could just encourage them? I would invite that person to um, really offer up this struggle to the Lord and say, help me see this through your perspective. Thank you for giving me a doctor. That's care. That's a provision, but show me what you want me to do. How do I care for myself in a way that aligns with your word? Not necessarily that aligns with what this one doctor who is a human and flawed says, but how can I care for myself and what can I actually do that would be beneficial? And get my heart in the right place. Let me want to care for myself because I want to honor you and steward this gift of a body. Well, no matter if culture says it is a good body or a bad body, because they're all good bodies in the Lord's eyes. I just, I just think putting God back at the center of it instead of weight at the center is going to be um, the first step in healing it moving yeah. forward. Yeah. And that word humility, that just made me go to the litany of humility. Mm -hmm. And your version of it. And I talked about this on the show months and months ago, but Aaron, do you mind if I read that? Just please read is, it. I can't read your it without words. crying. <laughs> so these are, these are Aaron's words. Um, and they're, and I'll put it in the show notes, but I just kind of want to end us with this, this prayer. I think this was supposed to be my coaching session, but it kind of got a little like broadened. <laughs> and I think this is just an appropriate way to end it. So, oh, Jesus, meek and humble of heart, hear me. From the desire of being valued for my appearance or performance, deliver me, O oh Jesus. From the desire of achieving my goal weight, deliver me, O oh Jesus. From the desire of being loved by others, deliver me, O oh Jesus. From the desire of being seen as beautiful, deliver me, O oh Jesus. From the desire of being considered healthy, 
Oh, right. You got me right there. Deliver me, oh Jesus. From the desire of being praised, deliver me, oh Jesus. From the desire of being approved, deliver me, oh Jesus. From the fear of not being good enough, deliver me, oh Jesus. From the fear of being judged for my appearance or performance, deliver me, oh Jesus. From the fear of being unhealthy, deliver me, oh Jesus. From the fear of being excluded or alone, deliver me, oh Jesus. From the fear of not fitting in to culture's ideal, deliver me, oh Jesus. From the fear of being humiliated, deliver me, oh Jesus. From the fear of being mistreated, deliver me, oh Jesus. That others may be loved more than I. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be valued more than I. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That in the opinion of the world, others may increase and I may decrease. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be chosen and I set aside. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be praised and I go unnoticed. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be preferred to me in everything. Ouch. <laughs> Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it, that others may become holier than I, provided that I may become as holy as I should. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. Oh, Lord, help us all in this. Oh, amen. Well, Aaron and Shar, thanks so much for being on the show today and coaching me through another, I think what is a common issue for those of us on this intuitive eating journey. So thanks for that, you guys. Yeah. And everyone can catch your show at intuitive eating for Christian women podcast or at intuitive eating for Christian And I'll have links to that in the show note. And Shar is starting a new venture and she's taking coaching clients. Uh, you guys are doing some growth coaching, but I think it's probably too late for that. You guys are way into that right now, yeah. but, um, but Shar's taking individual group coaching, or excuse me, individual coaching clients. So if you're interested in working with um, Charlie Castle, I'll go ahead and drop a, a link to that in the show notes as well. Well, thank you for listening today. I hope something in today's show has helped you stop comparing and start living. Bye-bye. Oh, hey there, before you go, if something from today's show blessed you, may I ask a huge favor, leave a review on your favorite platform. Seeing your five-star reviews is a huge encouragement to me. Not sure how to do it? You can go to compare to who.me slash podcast, scroll to the bottom, and you'll find all the information. And while you're at compare to who.me, check out some of the more than 500 articles on there about body image, comparison, all the things you're thinking about. Plus, you can find out more about my books, or you can grab a time for a free 10-minute call to see if coaching is right for you. I'm so honored to be a part of your journey out of body image and comparison frustration. And I can't wait to hear how God is working to set you free.
The Compare To Podcast is part of the Spark Media Network, now available on the Edify Podcast app. Grab the Edify app in your Google Play Store or on the Apple Podcasts app. You will be so glad you did. Hey, friend, would you check out the date on that episode you just listened to? Yeah, it's been a minute. Listening to old podcasts is almost like reading my diary from several years ago. In some cases, it's even a little embarrassing. So instead of listening straight through season by season, can I encourage you to skip ahead? I release brand new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. And if you're not sure where to start, you can go to improvebodyimage.com, find the Start Here button, and I've got several episodes listed and categorized so you can find the topics that are of most interest to you. Your time is valuable, so skip straight to the good stuff. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for letting me be a part of your body image and food freedom journey. Do you want to better understand the Bible and give biblical answers to those who ask you about your faith? Hi, this is Perseus Poku, host of the Sound Reasoning Podcast Show. Listen to us weekly as we bring the truth often found in the ivory towers of seminary down to the steeple towers of the local church. Join me along with many of the nation's top theologians as we offer answers to life tough questions from an apologetic perspective. Subscribe to the show at lifeaudio.com.